Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. And thanks to Factor for also sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Factor delivers delicious, fresh, never-frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes. Head to factor75.com slash applebits50 and use code applebits50 to get 50% off. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Applebits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 278. If you are new to the show, welcome, because this is where we talk about all the good and bad, the big stories inside the world of Apple, also how it affects the greater tech world as a whole. So if you want to come in for the Apple scoop and some perspective, you're in the right place. So thank you for newcomers. If you've been here before, thanks for coming back. If you've been here from the start, you know I got nothing but love for you. So first, let's get to some orders of business really quick. You want to be a part of the show? You want to call in? Record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Send it in your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, the issues at large. I know you're all going to start calling once we have the new keynotes because that's when everyone starts calling. It does feel like um, that there's not as much to get excited about. And every you know, this is two years since pandemic was happening, and I think... This has played a major role in product upgrades across the entire tech world. But guess what? They still got to put out a product. So if you want to talk about it, record that voice memo, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com, and I'll put you on the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. It's how you support this podcast. It starts at $2 per month. $5, which is like a cup of coffee, if that's the value that I bring you, $10, the $25, and the $100 Platinum Apple level. What do you get? Early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the podcast. You'll never hear this again ever. And then we do some exclusive things specific to Patreon supporters as well. So patreon.com slash Tong is how you support. All righty then, let's get into it. And last week's episode, we talked about how their rumblings from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman that the Apple keynote iPhone fall event was getting tossed up between September 12th and September the 13th. That would be a Tuesday or a Wednesday of that second week of September. And now Gurman is leaning strongly and saying that signs are increasingly pointing to September the 12th as the iPhone 15 event date. Obviously, things could still potentially change, but it looks like the 12th will be the locked-in day. And then if we follow along the trends of what has happened historically, that would mean that the 15th, which would be that Friday of that week, would be the pre-orders. And then the following week, would that Friday, would be the release date for at least, at the very least, the iPhones, and then maybe the potential Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra. And... A sleeper, maybe a USB-C version of AirPods Pro 2. It's on the table. No one's really talking about it right now. Rumors were hot and heavy about it because of such an incremental change and Apple moving to USB-C. But I think that that could also potentially happen. I'm not saying it is because we've literally heard no rumblings, but there were rumblings at least four or five months ago. Not as much right now, but I'm going to put it out there. Maybe we see AirPods Pro 2 with USB-C 
on the table. So we'll find out what happens. Apple typically sends out the invite about a week before. I'll let you know if I get invited. I have been for the past, what now, three events, which is pretty sweet. And, uh, you know, I'll give you all the first looks and all the details and kind of those hot takes and reactions coming out from Apple HQ, Apple Park in Cupertino. So September the 12th, put it on your calendar. If you're on vacation, enjoy your vacation. It's not the end of the world. But September the 12th right now is what looks to be the date. Nothing official yet. And we'll wait to hear from Apple. Now, obviously, this is going to be a big iPhone event. And I kind of hinted at it earlier. There's just not as much excitement around the iPhone. And it really comes down to where you are in the upgrade cycle. We know so much about it. And one of the features that obviously is going to get upgraded, which gets upgraded every year, is the processor inside. And we're talking about the iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max A17 chip. And what has been revealed by leaker Unknowns21 is that from a technical standpoint, the report is that the new A17 chip includes a six-core CPU and a six-core GPU. Now, the current A16 chip that is found in the iPhone 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max, that has a six-core CPU and a five-core GPU. So you've got to expect that there will be some at least more significant improvements to graphics performance because you're getting one additional GPU core in the new A17 chip. Also, the A17 chip will feature a 3.7 gigahertz maximum clock rate that is up from a 3.46 gigahertz clock rate in the A16 chip. And also, there's been a lot of reports saying, hey, these new phones could have more RAM on the pro side, bumping up to eight gigs of RAM. Unknowns21 says that the 15 Pro models will feature the same six gigs of RAM that's currently available on the iPhone 14 Pro models. So we'll see how that all plays out. A little bit of difference in rumors, but the biggest thing I've talked about in my videos, I think I feel like I've talked about on this podcast, is obviously the three nanometer process that'll bring better speed, better power efficiency improvements to the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. Um, And then again, an increase in GPU performance because we're getting that extra core. So the other part about this is that the three nanometer technology, this is new, right? It's expected to also cause the price of the A17 chip itself. It's just more expensive to manufacture. So TVOS, TVOS 17 code, we're switching gears a little bit, but staying in the same place. It was just recently discovered inside the TVOS code by a user and you know code digger Aaron P13 that there are references that include the iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro Max, iPhone 15 Plus. I know I said them in a different order, but the belief based on the code that is found is that the A17 chip will only be for the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. And this is from details specifically inside tvOS 17. Of course, this is not an official confirmation, but when you start getting actual code references to products, it's pretty much official. So the A17 chip will be only for the 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max, while the 15 and 15 Plus, the standard models, will get the same A16 chip that was previously used in the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. And that hasn't changed. A similar thing happened with the iPhone 14 series as well, but this is the first time we've seen any type of evidence, 
and confirmation that it, that this would be the case. We'd heard a lot of rumors and reports that it would be so, but now we found references in the code, the A17 only coming to the iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max. And yes, it will be more energy efficient. I just don't see anything like revolutionary battery life from the iPhone 15 Pro lineup, even with the new processor. Uh, the performance, like when you use your iPhone, do you feel like it's slow? Do you feel like you can't do enough? I think where the extra horsepower and juice comes in to help is with really ch- you know, crunching and processing video. And there are no reports that we're going to actually be able to take 8K video on these devices. And I use 8K video in quotes, in air quotes. But gaming wise, the you know, we're not the, we're not uncorking like a whole new level of games where we need we need more juice. I think it's obviously always important to push the envelope and get more juice, but how much of effect are we gonna really see this? Are we gonna all of a sudden get six more hours of battery life? If so, maybe that's worthwhile to make the jump up, but we will wait and see. And you know, and I talk about battery life because right now there's been a little buzz in the tech community where the iPhone 14 Pro, some of their users, specifically you know, in the YouTube tech space, are complaining about major drops in battery health and capacity after less than a year. Of course, timed conveniently with the release of a new iPhone in a month. And there's, there's if you go into your settings, right, there's an option if you go into settings and then choose battery, there's an option that's called battery health and charging. And so there'll be a number there, like a percentage number. And Apple has said that this number is a measure of battery capacity relative to when it was new. So a lower capacity may result in fewer hours of usage between charges. So there's multiple tech people in the tech, I don't want to call them tech content creator community, 90%, 80%, 90%, 90%, 90%, 90%, 90%, 90%. After a year, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna freak out right away because first of all, part of the number of your battery capacity also has to do with how many cycles you've charged it. And I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of people that get super paranoid even when their battery is below 50%. You also have to factor in that iOS 17 could have a different impact on the iPhone battery health. We're talking about the beta, right? Would their battery health shown differently before the beta based on the algorithm that's used that is being used? Right? We know that power management, the battery is always less refined in the beta version. So maybe I'm I know by looking at this list of names, all those people are definitely running the beta. You know, you have other aspects like maybe what is change the battery health also always on display, a new feature of the 14 Pro that could impact the battery health. Um, there's a higher peak brightness for the 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max with 2,000 nits of brightness. That's nearly double the iPhone 13 Pro. So yes, it should be running the battery a little more aggressively. Now, Apple themselves haven't hasn't commented on the complaints. I checked my battery and my battery health is at 95% max capacity. I know there's sometimes people that watch my videos and they're like, oh my gosh, your, your phone's at like under 10%. Charge your phone and... I don't really freak out about that. I charge it at least most of the time when I remember every night, right? Uh, I'm not a paranoid, uh, you know, gotta, gotta get, gotta stay over 50. So, you know, we'll see how this plays out. I, I, I'm going to tell you those 
people on this list tend to be the type of users that are going to use their their phones constantly. They're going to use their battery constantly. They're in the top probably 5% of iPhone usage compared to the general consumer. I'm just being real. And I'm not saying what they're complaining about or what they're worried about is not valid. Apple says, uh, you know, I think, or at least internally with Apple Care, is that you can get your battery. Uh, it's covered by like a one-year warranty with every new iPhone purchase. And if your battery health is below 80%, um, it can get swapped out. If your device is out of warranty um, and you want a battery replacement, just to look at some prices here, uh, something like the iPhone 14, $99 for battery replacement if your battery health is below 80%. iPhone 10, iPhone 11, iPhone 12, iPhone 13, $89. iPhone SE and iPhone 8, $69. I don't want you all to go rushing and get all super paranoid just because your battery health is a little lower. It's going to be lower. It's never going to be 100%. I think even when I bought mine out of the box, I just curiously checked. And it was like 99%. To me, it's more about, does it get me through a day and more? Uh, it gets me through typically around like 6 or 7 p.m., depending on how I'm using it. Like, if you're going to Disneyland and you're using that phone all the time and taking pictures and videos and checking the Disney app on ride uh, progress and you know time wait times, you're going to be using a lot more. So, again, I'm not saying... I, I, I do think there's a little bit, especially in the tech world, a little bit of super paranoia about every little thing. Um, you should be, can you, should you be concerned? Sure. But mine's at 95%. So I'm like, I'm fine. But you always get a vocal minority that may kind of change the narrative a little bit. I'm curious, maybe some of you can check and tell me if you have an iPhone 14 Pro or 14 or 14 Plus or 14 Pro Max, what's your battery health at? You can either message me, send in a call, applebitshow at gmail.com. Are you really scared about this? Are you freaking paranoid about this? We'll see. But in other good news, when we're talking about Apple and their chips, Apple is currently testing the M3 Max chip for the future next-gen MacBook Pros. This is according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. And the Apple Silicon chip, this is obviously going to be the replacement for the M2 Max. So they're testing, they've already been testing the M3. We're talking about the M3 Max chip set to be used in the MacBook Pro models next year. Now, signs of the chip were found by third-party Mac developers in test logs. So when Apple is testing these, you know, I guess, what is it, prototypes, and they have identifier numbers that have never existed before, they show up on the logs and people can say, hey, Apple is testing these products right now. So in the test logs, a machine that featured a 40-core GPU and a 16-core CPU popped up. If you compare that to the current M2 Max chip, that features a 38-core GPU and a 12-core CPU. So we're talking about four more cores for the CPU, two more cores for the GPU. The test machine was also running 48 gigs of memory, but you've got to expect because the current MacBook Pro lineup, I think the maximum is 96 gigs. It's just a test configuration and will most likely go up higher to 96 gigs of memory. So also, another you know next-gen chip step up, and I think you'll definitely feel this more with something in the Macs, is that the Apple M3 Max chip is expected to be built on the new 3 nanometer process as well, giving you 
better speed, better performance, and better battery efficiency. So across the board, this is going to be a nice improvement, but Apple is testing them as we speak right at this minute. In fact, you know, over the past few months, we've heard reports, especially I think just a couple of week, a week ago or so, Bloomberg reported that, hey, Apple could be and is expecting to launch the M3 chip, the base model M3 chip in some Macs by the end of this year, targeting sometime in October. So currently, there have been six different variations of M3 powered Macs that have shown up in third-party developer logs, and Bloomberg has obtained them. And these are the models or code names because obviously they, they haven't popped up, but they are part of a series that fall in line with the other products that exist, right? So one of them is an M3 13-inch MacBook Air. Another one of them is an M3 15-inch MacBook Air. Another one is a M3 13-inch MacBook Pro, which is kind of the earlier design that still has the Touch ID on it and some of the uh, older designs stuff. And the Touch Bar, sorry, Touch ID, Touch Bars on it. You have an M3 iMac. And then two chips identified as the M3 Pro and an M3 Max 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pros. And then possibly an M3 Mac Mini that also recently popped up with an 8-core CPU and a 10-core GPU. Those are actually the same specs as the M2 version for the that's in the current Mac Mini. It would just be using the new M3 chip and then obviously the 3 nanometer process. Again, better performance, better battery life. But on an M3, on, on a, a physical Mac desktop that is plugged in all the time, that doesn't necessarily matter as much compared to when you have a portable laptop. But... Again, Bloomberg reported the first M3-powered Macs that are going to be scheduled for some time in October, and the report of the initial lineup will include a new M3 13-inch MacBook Pro, a new M3 24-inch iMac. I think the, the M1 iMac was last released in April of, I believe, 2021. That would be right. I love that iMac design for the consumer. I thought it was, in, I thought it was incredible. And then the 13-inch MacBook Air with an M3, those three machines, 13-inch MacBook Pro, 13-inch MacBook Air, and a 24-inch iMac, those are expected to come with the first base model M3 chip, and maybe a Mac Mini also debuts around that time. That remains to be seen. All right, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors for the show. Let's start off with Indeed, and what's a game where no one wins? The waiting game. Now, when it comes to hiring, don't wait for great talent to find you. Find them first with Indeed, because when you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed makes hiring in one place so easy. Even right from the main page, just type in the type of jobs you're looking for in the search bar, and then a list instantly shows up for jobs in your area. And let's talk about Indeed's hiring platform that is second to none. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. It gets you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. And Indeed does the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. And Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Now, even better... 
Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined. That's according to Talent Nest in 2019. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. Again, claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. And let's also take a moment to thank our other sponsor, Factor. Now, Factor delivered me the freshest pre-prepared meals that I've ever had. You got dishes like sun-dried tomato chicken, which was tasty, the turkey chili and zucchini. That hit the spot because they are always fresh and never frozen. So now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for a wholesome, convenient meal to support sunny, active days. You might be busy and not have as much time. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit that can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Factor offers delicious flavor-packed options to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart. They got vegan plus veggie and protein plus. Each chef-prepared meal has all the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. So head over to factor75.com slash applebits50 and use code applebits50 to get 50% off. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook, but you want to make sure you're eating well, well, with Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and prepping and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up all that lovely warm weather. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals with premium, ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon ready in just two minutes. Now, every meal I had was legit tasty and good. So head over to factor75.com slash applebits50 and use code applebits50 to get 50% off. That's code applebits50 at factor75.com slash applebits50 to get 50% off. Okay, let's jump back into things and the Apple Watch Series 9, the Apple Watch Ultra, generation two they're expected to come at this september fall event as well and you know there might not be as many changes with the hardware there but a new report from apple device collector kosutami says apple is planning to release a new band for the apple watch series 9 later this year now this band according to the report will be made of a woven fabric material but also feature a magnetic buckle And I don't know if you remember the uh, modern buckle band from, I believe, the very, very first gen Apple Watch. I don't believe they sell it right now, but it looked like a buckle, but it had this kind of slick magnetic mechanism that you didn't have to like physically buckle or loop around. It just snapped right together. They only made it, if I recall, for the smaller watch faces because I tried to get a yellow one because I just thought it looked kind of like fancy and fresh. Yes, even for a guy, right? I didn't, I don't, it didn't look like, oh, too quote unquote, feminine it just looked cool 
but they never made it for the larger uh, watch band sizes, similar to like how certain brands don't make larger watch face bands as well. When I'm when I say that, I'm talking about Hermes. And so this new watch band is expected to be announced and come alongside with the new Apple Watch Series 9. Uh, the also, this magnetic band will reportedly retail for $99. That is the same as the braided loop solo. And I do think that this reminds me of kind of like Apple's own in-house budget version of the Hermes type brands. If it has this woven kind of cool, thick, classy material with Apple's own modern buckle instead of actually doing the physical buckle. So we'll wait and see. Now, multiple reports are saying, hey, uh, don't get your hopes up too high, but the Apple Watch Series 9 and the Apple Watch Ultra 2 are expected to be basically unchanged other than a performance boost from the S9 chip inside. If you weren't familiar, the S, the chips inside the Series 6, the Series 7, and Series 8, and also the Apple Watch SE and Apple Watch Ultra are virtually identical. They, they've been called like the S6 chip in a system in a package, the S7, the S8, but the actual physical processor and all the features and the 32 gigs of storage, dual core CPUs, that is exactly the same in all those models. And I'll tell you right now, uh, I, I'm running the beta on WatchOS 10 and I've never, never felt that it lagged. Never felt that it lagged. So yes, we don't even know. There's no reports if uh, 100% if this will be based on the new three nanometer process for the S9 chip. It's going to be based on the A15 Bionic uh, you know, architecture. So that would most likely not be the case. So we will wait and see. You know, I think the biggest feature when you look at this, the design is going to stay the same for all these watches. The processor is going to get a bump. The features are basically going to stay the same. What could Apple do to spark interest? Well, that's really easy. Just come up with a new color. And so we saw the reports of a potential dark titanium Apple Watch Ultra 2, which... I do believe will actually generate sales because there's a lot of people that didn't like the light colored one. There's a lot of people that passed on the Apple Watch Ultra first gen and this new one, maybe it squeezes out an extra hour of battery life, maybe two, but let's just say an extra hour and has a dark titanium finish, which would look cool. Uh, There's going to be people that will buy that. Now it's for the Apple Watch Series 9. It's expected to get a new pink finish that would be added on to the current lineup, which I believe has Midnight, Starlight, Silver, and Product Red. I had to like imagine it in my head. So that would be a fifth color, which would be a pink metallic color. So we will wait and see. Now also behind the scenes, Apple has told Apple Watch accessory makers that they're going to have to start switching over to its fast charging model. Uh, that was first introduced with the Apple Watch Series 7 in 2021. So that would allow your devices to charge really quickly from eight from 0% all the way up to 80% in 45 minutes. And so apparently Apple had shortcomings of that new charging module at first, forcing some of the accessory makers to actually use the older, slower tech, but Apple going forward is focusing on pushing this to the fast charging models. Now, companies can submit for plans. This slower charging variant of the Apple Watch was model 
module C162. That's going to be available until August 31st because it is cheaper for some companies, but you do have to sign up with Apple and pay a licensing fee to be part of the M5 program. So this new faster charging module chip, which is currently, again, with accessory with some accessories that support the Apple Watch Series 7 and higher, that will apparently be available after September 30th, 2023 and be the only charging model available after in Apple's attempt to move everything forward. Uh, could some accessories see a little bump in price increase because of this? Maybe, but we will wait and see. Now I got some, I got a little juicy Apple Vision Pro news. I don't like to lead with it because I think that reality has sunken in and people are still like, am I really going to spend after tax, you know, close to $4,000 on an Apple Vision Pro? It looks cool. I can tell you it is cool. It also is still, at least at its current state, not a headset that I can wear for, I mean, I started feeling the weight after 15 minutes, but it's incredible. Yes, it's freaking incredible. But that that actually makes a difference. So Apple, obviously not resting on its laurels. One of the things that we're talking about with the Apple Vision Pro is that this is not going to be a very simple setup process, right? You're not going to be able to walk in a store and just buy one. Um, the Vision Pro is expected to be purchasable only by appointment and Apple retail workers are going to help that customers get a really a perfect fit, appropriately fitting headband and that light seal, which is, I guess, I I just call it like that face card that touches the edges of your face, but it, Apple calls it the light seal. In order to get a Vision Pro, right, this is going to be a logistically complex process. The most complex ever for an Apple product, you got to make an appointment. You know, if you have prescription glass uh, eye prescriptions eye prescriptions if you have prescription lens right there's going to be attachments that you can put in the apple vision pro as well so apple's gonna have to keep stock of that you know their carl zeiss lens but you know apple may need to be holding on to like hundreds or thousands of these lenses in stock at any time you know bloomberg kind of broke down what this is so obviously that's one of the drawbacks right out of the gates for generation one well Apple isn't, you know, chilling on that because they just recently filed a patent application for a method that allows future models of the Vision Pro to automatically adjust its fit and display positions to suit different users, which would make it a lot more easier and more practical to share between multiple people. Even that light seal, that face guard is going to be sized differently for different people. So the patent talks about how it would be able to do these automatic adjustments and how to be able to automatically adjust to fit to a user using a series of sensors and motors. So this would include things like detecting the position of your eyes, adjusting the position of the displays to match the distance between your pupils even. Uh, It's described in the patent. Each display element can be adjusted to align with a corresponding eye of the user. For example, each display element can be moved along one or more axes until a center of each eye display element is aligned with the center of the corresponding eye. Accordingly, the distance between the display elements can be set based on interpupillary distance of the user. So would these things be able to slide within the headset? Seems like a lot more more chance to break if instead of it just being set and, fig- and you know, more set that it's moving around mechanically inside. We'll see. Also, they suggest that there might be motors inside that could adjust the shape of the light seal as well. Here's what it says here. Uh, the light seal module can include a chassis that provides structural support to one or more other components of the light seal module. 
the chassis or portions thereof can extend to form and or between the inner side and the outer side, as well as the upper side and the lower side to facilitate coupling the uh, module of the light seal to be in the relative position and orientation that aligns perfectly, that aligns the display elements of this module. So really interesting. And the belief is that electromagnets would be responsible for manipulating this light seal and the shape of it. So that that sounds like more moving parts. Uh, that sounds more expensive and more complex. Apple Vision Pro 2? Let's see, if Apple Vision Pro, the first gen is coming out, sometime they said early 2024. I, I said I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a new one for three years. Some people are like, two years? Uh, I think it needs a little more time. And another thing you see online is people complain like, oh, Apple said they're putting an M2 in it. Why not an M3? Maybe, you know, well, could that potentially change? At the same time, we've seen what the M2 is capable of. Like, y'all are flipping out because the M2 can render like 13 streams of 8K video. Do you need more power than that? I'm just asking. And I know that's, you know, that has to do with video uh, encoding and whatnot and rendering, but I think the M2 is more than capable in a computer. That thing for most users, even a semi, let's call a prosumer user who is editing video, that machine will legitimately last you because of the media engine. To me, if you're really picky, three, four years. If you're really good, five plus. I really believe that. Just using it and how good Apple's chips are. These machines are not breaking down. These are not breaking down. They're not getting hot and they're not breaking down. Okay, here's the best Apple Vision Pro story of the week. So, based on code references found in tvOS Beta 5, and why this is important is because it's based on what has been found in code, which is, you know, as close as official as you can get without Apple saying it with their mouth. Apple is planning to call the Vision Pro's headset external battery pack a different name. It's not going to be referred to as the MagSafe battery pack anymore like it was because of its similarity to the iPhone battery pack with the same name. It will not be called the MagSafe battery pack. The Apple Vision Pro's external battery pack will be called the Magic Battery. I repeat, (laughs) the Vision Pro's battery pack will be called the magic battery. This is absolutely silly and funny. Um, I also think when you call something magical, it better deliver on that. Like It better be super amazing. Now, this battery pack itself magnetically attaches to the left side of the headset. I've used it. I've seen it. I picked it up. It is as heavy as two iPhones, if not heavier. It's a dense rectangle. It's smooth on all the edges on the side. The cable runs into the magic battery there's another USB-C port on that battery which i'm presuming would allow you to connect a cable that then goes out to connect to a wall adapter for constant power right so it can kind of be a middleman as well apple is alluding to the fact that you can buy multiple uh magic batteries if you want to because they give you 2 hours of tethered power when it's connected 2 hours A magic battery gives you two hours of juice? Okay, 
This is as official without being official because in the code. But don't call that thing a magic battery. That's a bad apple. Come on, that's horrible. That's embarrassing. Freaking magic battery. Two hours. Apple Vision Pro still amazing. <laughs> is it $3,499 starting price amazing? I'm going to let you decide that. But you will be blown away by it. You will be blown away. And I think as developers get their hands on it and more time goes by and the two features that I'm banking on to be the killer features right now after using it is if your use case is using it as a spatial computer, yes. And if it's not that heavy for you, it was heavy for me. It was heavy for, I think a lot of people were so enthralled by the experience. They didn't pay attention to how heavy it was. We only got about half an hour time with it, but think about an hour, two hours. That thing wasn't comfortable enough for me to wear it for two hours. But was I amazed and wild? Hell yeah. Anyways, uh, Magic Battery Pack, enjoy. I hope you enjoy that a lot. Also, I kind of alluded to the sleeper product of that may or may not, you know, I don't think it's going to get the biggest press, but back in July, there were reports that Apple is planning to release a USB-C based AirPods Pro case, likely along the side the iPhone 15 launch, which makes sense because it's like USB-C, all the things, Finally, in 2023, five year, four or five years later, after Android and the rest of the world has done it and caught on. And yes, thank you, European Union, for forcing Apple to make the change. You're the only ones that did it for us. You know, there's been reports that Apple is going to put some sort of barrier with their own M5 licensing program to potentially limit the speeds of charging, limit the speeds of data transfer on their own USB-C connection, which is very Apple, but also a little unnecessary, not a little, is unnecessary and very Apple and very petty just to keep their M5 licensing program and make that money. Like, I know it's about money, but come on, guys. Fine, you do you. But I'm like, "Mm, really? So AirPods Pro 2 with the USB-C case. Also, I think that AirPods Pro 2 is going to end up being... Yeah, it's not a brand new product, but all the changes that they're doing in iOS 17 with adaptive audio, with conversation awareness, with personalized volume, uh, being able to now mute and unmute, like the better automatic device switching. I just think there's going to be so much more happening with AirPods Pro 2 that people are like, going to be like, damn, they just made my AirPods better. And we still haven't seen anything around the AirPods Max, you know? No new, no word on the next gen. We've seen them kind of get on heavier, deeper sales on Amazon and whatnot. But that's product's been out for a while. They they still sound great, but they need to make a lot more comfortable AirPods Max, quite honestly. Like we need a super comfortable one. But do they sound glorious? Yes. But are they still, you know, is the sound justified by the price? Uh, I, I mean, I tested against the, you know, B&O, H95s and those are amazing compared to the AirPods Max. Those are also like close to a thousand bucks. And Apple's was at five ninety nine. Like Apple definitely, you know, elevated what is possible. But you know, we'll see. I think there's a leak already of Bose finally coming out with a headset that supports spatial audio um, and using a new driver. Thanks to uh, friends at Qualcomm Snapdragon Sound. Because I'm going to tell you, Bose has been going by on their reputation for a long time, but. They don't sound very good. 
and I've completely been off of bows for a while. So until 2024, or sorry, 2023 comes around and I try these new bows, maybe they finally redeemed themselves and given me something that, you know, their, their headphones sounded great if you're into classical music and acoustic music, but the mids were very shallow and not very good. They had little to no lows. They had highs, clean highs, but depending on the genre of music you listen to, I think most people that listen to pop music, hip-hop music, even soundtrack music, stuff that needs a full sound, you are not going to get those from a Bose headset, especially when you listen to other headsets, you know, like Sony XM4s, AirPods Max. Everyone destroyed the Bose sound. So we'll see what happens, but I think AirPods Pro 2 could be a sleeper at this event, just with all the improvements they're doing. It's going to be the one that kind of changes the most, and it has the H2 uh, processing chip inside it. The AirPods Max do not have that H2 chip, and so we're missing that as well. So we will see. But September 12th is the target, my friends. September 12th is the target, and we'll keep you all posted on all things related to that. So that is going to do it for this week's show, everybody. Hey, before we go, we got to give a big shout-out to our Platinum Apples that support this and my content at patreon.com slash Brian Tong at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Glenn Canellis. Thank you so much for your incredible support. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you to all of you. Continue to listen, continue to watch, and uh, we got some great stuff coming up in about a month. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've almost kind of locked down a really cool interview during that time, but you're just going to have to wait and see. I think you all will enjoy it, but we'll see. Why do I keep on teasing stuff? I shouldn't. This is, you're not supposed to jinx things until it happens. So yeah, we'll wait until it happens. All right, everybody, take care and be safe. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.